Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation to this Bible study and reflection for September 1st, 2021. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Lord and most gracious God, as we hear your word together today, we ask that you would send your spirit to open our hearts and minds to interpret your word correctly and use it to your glory in your son's name. Amen. You know, if someone was to ask, why do I do these Bible studies and reflections on a weekly basis? I guess my short answer would be to share God's word. And of course, to help us all stay engaged in God's word and to live into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Today's podcast episode is number 77, and I greatly appreciate you allowing me to share these studies and reflections with you. I have learned so much through doing these weekly podcasts, and I have been humbled as I have seen the effect that God's Word has on His people. God's word is meant to be shared. I love that God gives us a promise that when we obey and share, his spirit will do the rest. We can rest in knowing that God's word will not return empty, but it will accomplish what God pleases. God could have found many conduits to deliver his message, but he chooses to allow us to join him in the work. It's an honor to be able to share the story of God's grace and mercy that has been revealed to us in the Bible. May we love God's word so much that we cannot keep the good news to ourselves. This is the one message we can share that never grows stale. And it is said in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. I'd like to explore something called legacy today. And the definition of legacy is an amount of money or property left to someone in a will. I guess you could say this would be a tangible legacy, but I'm thinking more of an intangible legacy. Not necessarily something you can touch or grasp and not having a physical presence. In one of my past podcasts, I made reference to a book I had read written by Dr. Rick Grigsby. It was about his dad, and the title of the book is Lessons from a Third Grade Dropout. Dr. Grigsby's dad's legacy was one of hard work and service to others. He remembers that his dad would quite often ask him, Son, how you living? I believe that after someone's death, the answer to that question reveals their legacy. Even though legacy in this sense is intangible, it can still have a powerful effect. What does it mean to have a legacy? It means putting a stamp on the future and making a contribution to future generations. People want to have a legacy because they want to feel that their life mattered. I know you've heard me speak of my grandmother before. My dad's mom lived with us since I was a small kid, 
and we affectionately knew her as Gamma. When I was a small kid, and I dare say on into my adult life, I never realized the legacy of Gamma would have such a huge effect in making a contribution to my faith formation. I truly believe that she was not actively trying to build a legacy as much as she was merely living out her faith in Jesus every day. And anyone that came in contact with her could see it and feel it. It really struck me one evening in Bible study at our church when a friend of mine commented on how accomplished most Southern women seemed to be based on their obituaries and how little she had done other than just being a homemaker. I let her know that I had always admired her from the first time I met her and that the love and affection she has for her family cannot be hidden and the fact that she is a faith-based influence on her family is very evident. I also shared with her the powerful impact my grandmother had had on me and especially in my faith life. I also shared my grandmother's obituary with her and I'd like to read it and share it with you as well. Her obituary, Gamma's obituary, was printed in the Columbia Record on Wednesday, January the 2nd, 1974, and it reads as follows. Funeral services were held today for Mrs. Olive Jackson Suggs, 84, 6434 Bridgewood Road, in Forest Lake Presbyterian Church. Burial will be in Salisbury, North Carolina. Mrs. Suggs, wife of late Arthur Mason Suggs, died Monday in Forest Hills Nursing Home after a long illness. Mrs. Suggs was born in York County, a daughter of the late Milton H. and Olivia Land Jackson. She was a charter member of Forest Lake Presbyterian Church and a life member of the women of the church. Surviving are a son, Arthur M. Suggs of Columbia, three sisters, Mrs. Bessie Riddle of Gastonia, North Carolina, Mrs. Marjorie Bigger of York, and Mrs. W.R. Chambers of Rock Hill, and a brother, W.W. Jackson of York, and five grandchildren. The family suggests that those who wish may make memorials to the American Cancer Society, South Carolina Division. 142 words in Gamma's obituary. Research reveals that the average obituary is about 200 words, with some going much lengthier than that. Dr. Grigsby's dad's question, how you living, is applied to those that are alive. And the question, how did you live, would apply after they have passed away. The answer to that is not always revealed in an obituary, but the indelible legacy that is carried on by family and friends. Gamma was not actively or consciously trying to build a legacy, but as I said before, she was merely living out and reflecting her love for Jesus. I've heard it said before that faith is caught, not taught. Gamma's faith was contagious. Gamma was not wealthy financially, but she was enormously rich in virtue 
and full of faith. In my daily devotions I am now reading, I'm in the book of 2 Samuel. And 2 Samuel tells the story of David as Israel's king. There are two main movements in this book, the first being David's success and blessing, and the second being his moral failure and the consequences. The book concludes with a look back at the good and the bad in David's life, and that hope is generated for a future king to come from his line. David certainly has a legacy, but he also had sons, and one of them being named Absalom. I'd like to share his sad demise and the fact that he tried actively to build his own puffed-up legacy. Absalom had devised a three-year plan to overthrow his father, David, as king. The way his plan ends is certainly not the legacy he had hoped for. As you will see, the stone pillar he had built to honor himself ended up being, in my humble opinion, a symbol for the stones that would be heaped on his grave. The story of Absalom's deceit and fate is found in 2 Samuel chapter 18, and I will begin reading at verse 9. And to set the stage, David and his men had fled Jerusalem on word that Absalom was heading there to anoint himself king. After arriving in Jerusalem, Absalom assembled a large group of men to pursue his father, David. Here is the reading from 2 Samuel chapter 18, verses 9 through 18. And Absalom happened to meet the servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule, and the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak, and his head caught fast in the oak, and he was suspended between heaven and earth, while the mule that was under him went on. And a certain man saw it and told Joab, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Joab said to the man who told him, What? You saw him. Why then did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have been glad to give you ten pieces of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Even if I felt in my hand the weight of a thousand pieces of silver, I would not reach out my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king commanded you, Abishai and Ittai, for my sake, protect the young man Absalom. On the other hand, if I had dealt treacherously against his life, and there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would have stood aloof. Joab said, I will not waste my time like this with you. And he took three javelins in his hand and thrust them into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive in the oak. And ten young men, Joab's armor-bearers, surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Then Joab blew the trumpet, and the troops came back from pursuing Israel, for Joab restrained them. And they took Absalom and threw him into a great pit in the forest and raised over him a great heap of stones. And all Israel fled, everyone to his own home. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up for himself the pillar that is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name. 
and it is called Absalom's Monument to this day. Here ends the reading. Actively, intentiously, and self-righteously build your legacy to suit yourself or follow Jesus with all your heart, mind, and soul and your legacy will take care of itself. In the seventh chapter of 2 Samuel, God speaks to David through the prophet Nathan. Here is the covenant promise that God made to David. And this reading is from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 13. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. God's promise and his providence did in fact establish the throne of Jesus' kingdom forever. Thanks be to God, the gospel cannot be stopped. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father and most merciful God, we thank you for including us in your plan and ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us to be more distinctively Christian in our thoughts, words, and deeds so that our legacy may be one of service to others. In your Son's name, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.